We're just going to keep flowing in the Holy Ghost. You can be seated. We don't need an introduction. We don't need anything like that. We're just going to keep flowing in the Holy Ghost. If it's too fast for you, just come back next week or I got a recommendation for other places you can go. 1 Samuel chapter 12. I'll just give you an idea of what we're reading tonight so you understand. I was yesterday in a meeting. Bishop Wright read, read this verse and it stuck out at me. Hit me like it just hit me. Just to give you an idea where we are. Israel had been led by a series of judges. Not like judges as we think of judges sitting behind a bench with a gavel calling order to the court. But judges, they were the leaders of Israel, the series of leaders. But Israel started looking around at the others in their area noticing that everybody else had a king and they didn't have a king. And so Israel began to murmur and complain to the then judge Samuel asking for a king. And finally, after enough, they had it. But this is what Samuel's response was to their request. Verse number 13 of chapter 12, it says this, Now therefore behold, the king whom you have chosen and whom you have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. Basically he's saying, God's going to give you what you wanted. We know that king to be Saul, but basically Samuel's saying, God's going to give you what you wanted. Verse number 14 says, If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord and rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before you, before your eyes. Is it not, now he starts to get a question, sort of like, is it not the wheat harvest day, today? I'll call the Lord and he shall send thunder and rain that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is grace. Basically, he's challenging them that they wanted a king, but that wasn't what God wanted to do. You know what? I'm going to stop for a second here. That's not where we're going. But sometimes God will give you your way. You can complain and you can fuss long enough that God will eventually give you what you want. But be careful that you get what you want. Because sometimes God will give you what you desire because he basically says, you want it hard enough? I'll give it to you. It's not my will, but I'll give it to you. Be careful. And this is what Samuel's saying. I'll call the Lord. He shall send thunder and rain that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great. Which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Verse number 19, and all the people said unto Samuel, pray. They're like, okay, all right, we, we realize we messed up. Help us, please. When God sends the thunder and the lightning, and all of a sudden you realize God's serious about this, and they panic, and they say, okay, Samuel, what do we do now? He said, pray 
for thy servants unto the Lord that, that thy God, that we die not. Basically saying, okay, God, don't kill us. Don't kill us. Please don't kill us. For we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask of a king. Okay, we made a mistake. You ever realize, you ever done something, and when you got done, you realize, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, that's my son likes to do that. He likes to do something and kind of go, uh-oh. As if he finally realized what he was trying to do wasn't exactly what he was trying to say. He sneaks in and tries to get some food. It's not snack time. The food drops all over the floor, crumbs everywhere. He realizes, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Mom! Uh, <laughs> we've done that before. You've done that before. You ever done something and you, got, you did it and then you realized when you got it done, it was an uh-oh moment? You ever get caught up in pleasure? You ever get caught up in your own will, in your own way? And then all of a sudden, somewhere in that process, you have an uh-oh moment. Uh-oh. I realized somewhere along the way I went too far. And Israel has an uh-oh moment. But this is the response. Verse number 20. And Samuel said unto the people, fear not. You've done all this wickedness. Yet turn aside. Turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all of your heart. He did not excuse their sin, but he did not define them by their sin. I'm not here tonight to define anybody, by, not to excuse anybody from the mistakes you've made. But I'm here tonight to say, let's not define you by the mistakes you made. Tonight I feel tonight of the Holy Ghost to sell somebody this. Let's get up and get going. Let's not stay here and wallow in our mistakes and wallow in our failures no matter how great we perceive them to be. It's time that we get up and get going. Did I do wrong? Yes. Did I make a mistake? Yes. Do I'm sitting here trying to excuse it? No. Am I here trying to make it less than it is? No. I mean, Samuel was serious. He said, okay, God, show them how serious you are. Bring the thunder and the rain. Man, I wish God still did that tonight. Man, that'd be awesome. I'm like, come on, God, help a brother out. You know, send some lightning, thunder. Doors open up. Wake up, ow. I just step back. Yes, right there. Thank you very much. That was, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Tell you what, right now, how many, how many of us would change if that was the case? But you know what? Some of us have held on to stuff long enough. I'm not preaching. I'm not coming here to preach very long. I'm not, I don't know if I'm preaching. I'm just giving you what I felt the Lord to give you. We're going we're gonna to get going and not going to stay here all night. But some of you have, have wallowed long enough in your situations. Some of you have let your situations, your mistakes, your circumstances define you long enough. Yes, they may have been mistakes that got you there. Yes, I'm not saying that you didn't do something that, you, that got you where you are. But I'm telling you tonight, it's time that you get up and get going. Because you know what? 
We can't sit here and and wallow in our self-pity for the mistakes we've made. We made mistakes. Yes, check that. Got that. I make mistakes. Got them. I mean, you want, we got, I'm good at that. I may not be good at a lot of things, but I'm good at making mistakes. I, I got that down to a science. But I cannot sit here and let myself any longer be defined by my mistakes. It's time for me to get up and get going. The Bible says in Micah, rejoice not against me, O my enemies. For when I fall, when I fall, not if I fall, not if I, not, not maybe, not it could happen. I'm not sure it's going to. I'm pretty spiritual. I got this thing figured out. I pray 24 hours. I read my Bible seven days a week. I fast 365 days a year. I'm spiritual, so I'm not going to do it. And no, no, no. When I fall, when I fall, I'm already going to tell you, I've already got the outcome of my failure figured out before the failure comes. The problem is we try to figure out what we're going to do with the failure when the failure comes. But the idea is you already know the outcome of the failure before you get to the failure. It's not that I'm trying to avoid failure because I know failure is going to come. It's not that I'm excusing my failure. It's not that I'm saying it's okay to do what you want to do. I'm telling you, though, as long as you got this stuff. Let's make it. Let's do a test. Ready? Let's do a test of the emergency broadcasting system, all right? Put your left hand out like this. Take your right hand. Put your thumb and your, your pointer finger together. Go close to that and just squeeze a little bit. Squeeze until it hurts. Was there anybody here tonight that it didn't hurt when you squeezed? It all hurt. Why? Because you got that thing on you called flesh. And as long as you got that flesh on you, you're going to make mistakes. But God came to a cross on Calvary because he says, I'm not going to define you by your mistakes, but I'm going to define you of how you do when you have your mistakes. It's not your, it's not What failure does to you, that's the problem. It's your response to failure, that's the problem. It's not that you, that failure is the problem. It's the response to failure is the problem. It's not your circumstances tonight that are the problem. It's your response to the circumstances of your problem. Because tonight, if you let God help you, he probably is not going to change all your circumstances, but yet he will change how you react to your circumstances. You can give your power to God and let God do it, or you can give the power over you to the circumstances, but somebody's going to have power over you. It's your choice who's that power going to be. Is God going to have the power over your life, or your circumstances going to have the power of your life? But the Bible says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for when I fall. When I fall. When I fall, I shall arise. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but gets up again. The wicked fall and perish. Two different words there for fall. Two different words, not the same. Two different words. And really, 
The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times but gets up again. But the word fall for the righteous man is not the same word fall for the wicked man. Because the wicked fall, it means to come become weak. To become weak and to become feeble. And when you become weak and you become feeble, it falls. But really, the fall of the righteous man deals more with stagnation than it does with falling. It means you're going to fall. But it's not the falling that's the problem. You've heard this before, but I'll say it again. I can get to where I'm going by falling as long as I keep falling forward. I can get from here to Brother Joel that's sitting right there, falling. Because every time I fall, I fall forward. The problem tonight is, and I don't know if this is for one person. I felt this today, and it might be for one person. Tonight, it's not your failure that's the problem. It's not what you've done is the problem. It's what you're going to do about it. That's the point. And it's time to get up. And get moving. There's some of you in this place tonight. I look across this room. I see some men and women in this place tonight that have giftings and callings of God that are sitting on seats every Sunday not being used. It is time that that ends. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew we hit. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Now we hit it. I knew we was going to get to that wall eventually. It's time in the Holy Ghost. That stuff, here's the problem though. We all want giftings. And we all want the use of God. But we want to use the use of God in the parameters of a service schedule. Oh, but we just, we're flowing the Holy Ghost. Remember folks, it's the same Holy Ghost that was here about 45 minutes ago. We were shouting in. Doesn't mean it's gone anywhere, right? Just because we lost our shout. I can't tell you, and I don't have anybody in mind tonight, so if you've said this, don't walk out of here offended because I honestly, before God, have nothing, no person in mind. But I can't tell you how many people come up to me, Brother Wright, I want to get involved. What do you want to do? Well, is there anything I can do on Sunday? You want to be involved? Yes. Can I do, is there something on Sunday? You want to be involved? Yes. Is there something I want to do on Sunday? Do we need help on Sunday? Of course. But that's two hours a week. That's two hours a week. My God. And last time I checked, there's one of these things. There's not 40 of them. What does that mean? If you've got a gifting and calling... And there's only one of these. Well, I guess that means I'm just never going to be used to call of God. Well, I'm not, there's, no, there's nothing there for me. Well, if there's nothing I can do, I guess that means, wait a minute. Last time I checked, there are six other days in the week.
six other days in the week. Or if you're the Beatles, I think they said there's eight days. Whatever, there's a, six days a week that we're not, in, we're not together. That's a whole lot of time for God to do something. That's a whole lot of time for God to do something. We've been saying it now for months. Yesterday we were in a meeting and Bishop confirmed it. It's time we could sit here and we, I, I, my wife, my wife today, I'm going to pick on her because she, she loves me. She was fired up today. She was fired up this afternoon. And I agree with her. We're so close. And I said it Thursday night. We're so close. And we can be satisfied with where we are and say, man, this is awesome. We're great. But my goodness, what will happen? What's going to happen if we just go one more step? What would happen to those of you that were committed tonight, but you just commit one more step? You say, well, I'm already doing enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. What if there's one more step beyond where you are? Well, that's a lot to ask for. Uh, Revival and harvest don't come cheap. We've said it before. We want to see God do something great. Last time I checked, God doesn't have a clearance rack. God, I want you to do something great. Can I get it at 50% off? Everybody in here loves a sale. We all love a sale. We always like to get something and feel like we got something off. I remember years ago, we were, at the, we were up in New Jersey. And we were at this mall. And it was this mall. And they had these, um, I mean, you're talking about insane discounts. And my wife got a pair of shoes for $35. I think it was like $35, $30, $30, $35. We flipped those shoes over before God, the price tag on those shoes. And I didn't pay this until before you think I was rolling around. And Literally, the price tag on that shoe said $500. I said, boy, $500, you better get a good dance on. Boy, and Lord, you better come to church with a dance on. We got it for $35. I don't even care if the shoes were the ugliest thing. I just want to buy shoes for $35 that were worth $500. I don't care if, they're the, I, don't care if I ever wear them. I'm going to put them in my closet just so I can have shoes that I got for that kind of discount. I don't care if they're orange leopard with bedazzled initials on the side of them and they have lights on them. I don't even care. Those jokers cost me $35, and they were $500 shoes. It just felt good to do that. I didn't even care. She said, should I get them? I said, I don't, just buy them. $35 for $500 pair of shoes. But guess what? This is not the outlet mall. God doesn't have an outlet center that we can go to. And you got saved at full price, but I'm going to get saved at 50% off. You had revival. The early church believed, prayed, dedicated, and had revival to turn the world upside down. But the last day church, we want a discount. 
We want a 50% off. We want, a, we want it on a 70% off so we can go around going, we got revival, but we got it without having to change anything. I want revival, but you know what? The only type of revival I want is the revival that God gives. I don't want to build a name for Antioch. I don't want people to come and say, well, they got the best music, the best this, the best that, and flock for that. I want them to come because I want them to recognize God is at work in this place. God moves. If you're a guest here tonight, let me tell you how we operate. If you're a guest here tonight, we're not here tonight to have so that you don't have any questions. We hope tonight that you look around and you have a million questions. Because that means we're doing something right. Because if we're like everybody else... But one thing we hope for every person that walks on those doors is that they recognize and feel the presence of God. It's not a desire that you walk in here and not have questions about anything. Why do you guys do that? Why do you act like that? Why are you like that? Isn't church supposed to be this? We hope you have questions. But in the end, we hope you feel God. We hope you feel God like you've never felt God before. We hope you recognize something. I don't understand why that man yells in that microphone. I don't know why that lady was doing what she was doing. I don't know why that man was jumping around. I don't know. Someone better not touch me on my head. Uh, Take him off. But I hope you recognize God is in this place. God is. Is in this place. God. Because there's too many places that label themselves as churches. That God never shows up. They sing songs and someone talks. But God's not there. It's not meaning they're bad people. But I'm not interested in just coming and singing a few songs. And going through religious rhetoric and speaking. And God never showing up. I'd rather... or three are gathered together in my name I will, I will, I will I will, I will, I will I will be in the midst one, two, three 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 guess what? we have an opportunity for God to be here But can I issue you one a challenge to somebody tonight? It's time for you to get up and get going. Get up and get going. It's not for it's not time. Notice Samuel did not call them to fall down on their face and spend hours in repentance. We've made repentance into this long process that's got to be filled with the tears and emotion and oh God. Notice there was a man in the Bible that cried and didn't find forgiveness. Tears do not equal forgiveness. Emotion does not equal anything. You can sit here tonight, oh, God, and I'll look at that going, my goodness, man, boy, God has to forgive them. They're crying. No. No. It's not the emotion that gets God's attention. It's the attitude of the heart. I'm not asking tonight. For a big emotional cry when you come down and you just crawl up to God. I'm just asking you to make a decision. 
I'm getting up and I'm getting going. Because you know what repentance ultimately is? There's two things repentance is. Repentance is an acknowledgement I'm going in the wrong direction. And literally repentance is to change direction. But that's not the only thing repentance is. Repentance is to change your mind. To repent means to acknowledge I need to change my direction and I need to change my thinking. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so shall he be. So I can come and have an emotional experience with God and weep and cry and leave and not change because I can have an emotional outcry but not a change of mind. I'm telling you somebody tonight, I'm challenging the Holy Ghost. Get up and get going. How do I do that? Simple. Get up and get going. I don't understand what you're trying to get me to do, preacher. Explain it. I'll explain it to you. Get up and get going. How do I do that? It's simple. Get up and get going. What do I do when I do that? Simple. Get up and get going. Well, do I need to do it? Yeah, yeah. here's what you need to do. Get up and get going. All right, well, you know, do, do I need to pray? Yeah, get up and get going. Are we getting the picture tonight? It's not some big emotional thing. Woo! Some of you with giftings? And talents and abilities that's sitting on these seats not being used? I got a word for you. Get up and get going. Well, you know what? Where am I going to be used? Get up and get going. I got a word for you. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for yourself. But it doesn't mean you can sit there until the room's made. Get up, get going. Get up and get going. I, 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 for those of you, who was not there Thursday night? Raise your hand. Who wasn't there Thursday night? Enough. There was enough. Forgive me, Thursday night people that, weren't, that were there. Can I just tell it one more time? There's a term called the hundredth monkey. All my Thursday night people, we like, we like the monkeys. Hundred monkey. Here's what it is. They did, they, there were some scientists from Japan that observed some monkeys on an island. They watched these monkeys. They studied them. They started putting out these little sweet potato treats out on the beach. And they watched the monkeys waddle up to the sweet potatoes, look at them, pick them up. But they didn't want to eat them. Because they didn't like the fact that sweet potatoes were covered with the dirt and the sand from the, from the beach. So this went on for a little while. Finally... This little, little monkey came up. They named it, I think, Emo, Imo, I-M-O. I don't know how you say that in Japanese. Can I say that again? Eno. They named this little monkey Eno, and he, this monkey comes up, picks up the little sweet potato treat, and something clicked in the monkey's brain. Looked over at the stream nearby. They hopped over the stream, put the sweet potato treat in the stream, washed it off, put it in their mouth. They liked that. Well, Eno went back to his to whatever they lived and told another monkey about it. Seriously. It's not a joke. It happened. Next day, guess what? Eno was back and brought somebody with him. And now this monkey and the friend pick up the sweet potato treats, go over, wash them in the creek, eat them. 
they go back and tell somebody else. And now the next time around, three monkeys jumping on the bed. One jumped up, <laughs> bumped his head. Mama called the doctor and the doctor said, no, that's another story, sorry. No more monkeys jumping on those. That's a different scientific research project. They go back, now it's four monkeys, five monkeys. They watch this, and then they know it got to the point where, all, where, where it kind of stopped. No more monkeys were figuring this out. Because there was a group of monkeys that started participating because they were being told. There was another group of monkeys that were sitting back waiting, watching. And so there kind of became a division in the monkey community of this island between those that were doing it and those that were not. One day, one of the people that, one of the monkeys that was observing decided I had enough of this. So he follows the rest of the crew down to the beach. He joins in with the rest of the crowd, picks up the sweet potato tree, washes it in the water, puts it in his mouth and eats it. When he did that, the scientist said it calls a shift in the entire group. When that finally monkey decided to get on board, every monkey started doing it. I believe that has two applications. I believe in a, in, a, in a gathering where we come together in a gathering. There's always a hundredth monkey in that gathering. Meaning there are some people that you're going to have, you're not have to tell them to worship. You don't have to tell them to praise. They're going to do it no matter what. And they're going to reach over next to somebody without being prodded. And they're going to get together. But then it's going to get to the point in time where you have the participants and the spectators. And if we stay there, God can do stuff. But that's where we stay. And we kind of plateau in a service. But there are services where finally the people that are sitting back decide to jump in. And when that happens, the explosion in, God, in the spirit just goes. God starts moving everywhere. That's why every person in a service is important. Every believer in a service is important. Is important. There's no believer that's, that's not important in a service. Every believer is important. But also to us, us as a group of where we're going. There's some of you that you've sat around now for eight months, nine months, however long it's been since we started. And you've looked and figured it out and say, okay, what are we going to do over here? And we've done it long enough. Can I say to you tonight, would you get up and get going? Would you get up and get going? God is ready. God is doing it now. and We can celebrate what God has done. And he's done some awesome stuff. Last week we set our Sunday night record. 161 people. We had 11 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My brother Ricardo was baptized in Jesus name. And we can sit there tonight and we can say, you know what? God's doing something great. Let's just stop it. Or we can say, if God can do this. What more can he do if we just decide, let's go to the next level. Let's see what God can do. Let's get up and get going. Would you stand to your feet tonight? What can happen? What can happen? If some of you, man, we've got some soul winners in this place tonight. We got people that are bringing people. Man, today, uh, 
Sister Nielsen brought her boss today. Man, we're having awesome things. My guys over here, this, this group is growing. Josh came tonight. Josh got the Holy Ghost tonight. And so did Devin. Today, this morning, Brother Ricardo and Brother Eddie, we got to get them their own section over here, man. They're filling it up. There are people that are God's using, God's doing it. But I'm saying some of you, why don't you, some of you step out on faith. Some of you start believing God can do it. Some of you that used to do it, why don't you get back in the game? You've done it before, do it again. You're not retired. There's no retirement home. We're not in the Hall of Fame. We're still in the game. You haven't sat on the sidelines and getting all the fame. It's time for us to get involved. My goodness. Some of you are so amazing. And God, you've done so much stuff. You can run circles around me. I mean that. Some of you, some of the stuff God's done in your life, God's used you to do. Now it's time. Let's get that in action. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's not just do it in here. That's not what the point of it is. It's not a rah-rah thing. Let's go. Yay. It's like, you know what? What can happen? You know what the bishop said to me last week? He, he, he said it, but we were, I was, we were already thinking about it. We already talked about it. It's, it's good. I'm telling you, I, I got to be honest with you. It's nice when the bishop is late to the party. <laughs> the moment, we're always usually late to him. It's awesome when he says something. You're like, praise God. We've already been doing that now for months. Woo, praise the Lord Jesus. You know what he said last week? He looked across the hall. He said, my goodness, you probably get five, 600 people in that gym, couldn't you? I said, yep. We already been thinking about it. This room, we can fill this room up. But that doesn't mean we stop. We got a gym over there that we can fill up. He said, well, what do we do then? Well, guess what? Adults can be over here. We can have kids' crusades over here. What do we do then? We can have a 4 o'clock service over here, a 6 o'clock service over here. What do we do? We don't stop. We just figure out how to keep going because that's what God wants to do. How big is your faith? You tell them, girl. That's it. Some of y'all need to get the Eliana spirit on you. How big is your faith? How big is it? How big tonight can you see? Can you see this room full? Can you see that gym full? Can you see it? I can see it. Can you see it? Because if we can see it, we can speak it. God can do it. Let's just clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise and thanks. God could use a bunch of smelly fishermen, a tax collector, a bunch of guys that nobody wanted to hang out with and use them to turn the world upside down. What could he do with this group? What could he do? What can he do? And if you're here tonight, that means God wants to use you. Get up. Get going. Turn to your neighbor and tell him. Get up and get going. Turn to the person on the other side. Tell him. Get up. And get going. Now tell them that. Whoa, we're not. Whoa, whoa. One more thing. 
Tell them this. Say, get up. Get going. Church is dismissed. Help us break down. God bless you.